Hi everyone, you are listening to Dear Nelly, Sex, Relationships and Dating from the Other Side of 40 with me, Nelly Thomas. This podcast is being recorded in the council area known as Maribyrnong in Melbourne. I would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land, the Wurundjeri, Woiwurrung and Bunurong peoples of the Kulin Nation and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. If you want to support the podcast and keep the lights on, please rate, review and subscribe to Dear Nelly Plus for bonus content every month. And for more information about all of that, see the show notes or go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. And look, one quick thing, this is a sex, dating and relationships podcast for adults. So if you don't like swearing, it's really going to give you the shits. Off you go. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Today we're joined by my fabulous special co-host, comedian, TV presenter and radio personality Mel Buttle. Mel and I take a couple of listener calls, one on hookup etiquette. We talk about how to get yourself to a place where you're ready for dating, what it's like dating or being in a relationship with someone who's very different to you. We discuss Mel's dating deal breakers and how she unlearned accepting less than she deserved in the romantic sphere. Now, as always, we open the podcast with Mel's relationship and dating history. And a bit of a trigger warning here. There are elements of Mel's story that are truly triumphant and jubilant and demonstrate her incredible resilience. There's also discussion of some very difficult moments for Mel. Coming out for her was a painful and fraught process. And the homophobia and intolerance she encountered, well, it really left her in some very vulnerable situations. Ultimately... One of those situations that we discuss resulted in a sexual assault. Now, Mel and I discussed this disclosure of hers at length after we recorded and I left her to decide whether she wanted it to remain in the podcast. She decided she did and felt that it was really important that people understand how dangerous, in this case literally, the closet can be and what it can do to people. If that's triggering or too hard for you, I suggest that you fast forward through the first 20 or so minutes of the podcast. But look, if you do make it through, I think you'll find Mel's reflections on self-esteem, on dating, on apps, chores and fake nails, very empowering and moving. Sit back and enjoy the one and only Mel Buttle. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly, yeah some help would be nice, dear Nelly, I'm eager to hear your point of view, dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly So I'm hoping we can talk it through Dear Nelly, I'm rocking my prime And it's time to get down some Baby, mess around some It's never too late to start again Dear Nelly, won't you hear my request? Dear Nelly 
one and only Mel Buddle, who first and foremost is a comedian, but also a TV presenter. You do a lot of radio, you write, you've got a very strong social media presence. I believe, I'm not yet on the TikToks, but I believe you are a TikTok sensation, according to my 15-year-old. Well, I certainly do know how to make one style of video and I can post it on TikTok. So <laughs> sensation's a strong term, Nelly. Um, well, you've I'm been a, told. I've been told that I am, yeah. No, I'm not a TikToker. Like, I don't, a TikToker is a real, like, they'll be on there doing a dance and then right. they they get some audio from Kath and Kim and make a little video. Oh, it's that a goes, production. When words like this and then it's yeah. – and they're all day they're on there going, hey, I just wanted to update you guys on what happened. Um, I got this comment. <laughs> I was like, I'm no, I make a video about boomer aged women yeah. and I post it and I close the app. But you're, um, a, you're yes. a busy mother these I'm days. Busy, I'm a mum of three. I've got two dogs and one baby. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start at that point, right? So we always start the, the podcast with your relationship history. You are currently a mother. I'm a mother. Are you a single mother or are no. you a married mother? Um, I'm in the middle. I'm an engaged mother yes. with a, a partner who was female, if, yes. if you're una- unaware of that, which I don't think anyone would be. Um, so that's my current situation. Um, and so you got engaged for the first time at what age? Oh, I have been engaged once before, so I can't remember what age I was, but I would have been in my because I didn't even come out till I was about thirty or thirty-one. So I'd yeah. be thirty-four plus yep. when I got engaged, maybe. Yeah. yeah. So in you know societal terms, latish bloomer. I mean, I don't think of that as mm. late, but you know, yes. latish bloomer. And when did you get engaged this time? Jeez, I'm so I'm just sorry. I don't remember any details, That's and right. I can't concentrate. So I I <laughs> would say it would be in 2020, 2020. So recently, yeah. so recently. you have I think for the purposes of this discussion, not all of the audience is over forty, but we're offering that perspective. You mm-hmm. found your forever person in your forties. Yes, yes. And I think I am, I think it is fair to say late in life, lesbian, late bloomer, because when I catch public transport, I listen to kids in high school uniforms talk about their same-sex partner. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, what? What? what the Dickens? Yeah. Yeah. So I think by today's standard, where everyone seems to have worked everything out by the time they're 15, maybe, not necessarily, yeah. gender yeah. identity, sexuality. Yeah. Um. Yeah, to leave it to 30 is quite late in life. Yeah. Yeah. You're going Um, Victorian times. She's on the shelf. Well, I was was nearly a spinster and I got pulled back into society. So let's go back to the start. When did you start having, I mean, not even necessarily relationships, but when, like as a teenager, were you dating? Were you interested or were you like, no, none of that's for me? Okay. Now, Um, just for listeners, before you answer that question, we have been joined, joined, joined by your little baby who looks to be what eight, ten months. No, I know he's massive. He's four months. (gasps) Oh, he's four months, you big Buddha. He's just a big boy. Oh, four months. So you're working on like three minutes sleep. Correct. 
Yeah. Yes, okay. Um, well, yeah. you take all the time you need. I shall. Um, so high school, I couldn't have cared less about relationships because I was in a very competitive single sex school with a lot of sports going on that captured my interest, Nelly. <laughs> um, <laughs> I detect I some sarcasm there, Mel. Mm. So was it a private, was it a Catholic school? What sort of school environment yeah. we're talking? I went, yeah. I went to an all-girls Anglican, uh, yep. quite elite Brisbane private school yeah. Um, where we simply did not know any boys or meet any boys. You yep. had to find one in the wild. Um, someone got a boyfriend and then sometimes you could hang out with some of his friends. Um, so I, relationships, but in my head I always had a thought and I wasn't, I didn't know I was gay or I didn't know what I was, but I was like, wouldn't having a boyfriend solve a lot of problems socially for me? <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> it, it would have. Nice? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and little things would happen, like like as we got older, I, f- I think a few girls would work out that I probably wasn't quite like all the other girls and say things about me- that I was gay and my face would go bright red and it would be humiliating, mm. um, et cetera. Like the worst possible thing you could be mm. back then would be would be a lezo, like, oh, my mm. God. Mm. And we're talking, that. what are we talking, early 90s? 90s, yeah. So high yeah. school was 95 to 99 for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so even then, even then we're talking there'd been a lot more exposure to LGBTIQA stuff on TV and in movies. I mean, there's a lot more now. But even then that was completely taboo in your world. It just wasn't ever mentioned. And if if it was mentioned, it was that sort of Seinfeld thing of someone would jokingly say, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> Some of my best friends are, but... That kind yeah. of vibe, yeah. It yeah. wasn't completely swept under the rug, but it certainly wasn't celebrated in any sense. Yeah. Um, and, and you're right, I, I sort of found the whole gay community fascinating, you know, mm. and I would watch shows, even about gay men, because something mm. about it, I was like, well, at least in my little teenage brain, I was like, this seems this seems closer somehow. Um, mm. So I'd watch mm. Queer as Folk. Yeah. Um, any, like, I can't think of any other ones, but I didn't watch the L word. I'm a, a, quite a bad lesbian. I didn't watch that till, you know, <laughs> late, like very late. I didn't, like, in my mind I was like, well, I don't have time to think about any of that because I've got rowing, I've got softball, I've got touch football. So, yeah. Um, and it, it also might have yeah. been developmentally maybe you just weren't there. I mean, this is one of the mm. things that you know, I think we don't talk about enough is that there's this sort of idea in the ether that all teenagers are just like rampantly fucking and dating and da-da. And a lot aren't. A lot are not ready until they're well into their 20s even. Yeah, I, I, was, I just wasn't. I used to think for many years that I might be asexual because mm. it just wasn't something I wanted to put any time or effort into, wasn't interested in. But I think what actually underpinned it was probably you don't really like boys and... yeah expressing these feelings about girls would be absolutely terrifying. So, mm. you know, let's just get our head down and get our teaching degree out of the way mm. um, or whatever bit of life I was up to at that point. Mm. But um, even when I was doing stand-up, I was still not gay um, yeah. on paper, if that makes sense. You started stand-up, what, you were 20, early 20s? Um, yeah, so I would have been around, I mucked around for a few years and just didn't really take it seriously but probably 26 is when I 
when we would have, I would have probably met you around between 24 and 26, I think. Yeah. 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 That sort of, yeah. So you finish school, you go into your teaching degree, you're not really dating, not much that you're thinking maybe I might be asexual, you go into mm-hmm. stand-up, you're definitely hanging around with a lot of gay dudes is my recole- recollection. Like 100%. You, you have a lot of gay friends but they're male. Mm. Yes. Um, and that, they were quite helpful, though, those blokes, to actually maybe, you know, we, we sort of seek out what we subconsciously want but... I was like, well, I'm here in a gay club. I'm just here with my three gay with guy my friends. friends. Yeah, yeah. But I yeah. got myself into the world that I wanted to have a look around in. Yes. Um, and um, and then they were the ones who, you know, what um, something to stereotype. But gay guys are like quite direct, and we're yeah. like, right, what's going on? Why are you obsessed with this this girl called Nadia? Why do you yeah. why do you message her <laughs> fifteen times a day? I'm like, well, it's just it's just well, I don't know, and I didn't have yeah. answers for them. And we're they're just, like, we're just very close. Just, just an intense female friendship, yeah, that's yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, um, Just got to say goodnight to Nadia and good morning, just normal stuff. Um, <laughs> just got to call her at 3 a.m. Just take me into the nightclub, though. So you're going into gay clubs, which mm-hmm. I think a lot of women experience is very male often, particularly mm. at that time. There must have been some queer women there and some lesbians there. Are you looking around or are you not even conscious of it at that point? Um. I was having a look around and I was blown. Something blew me away in gay clubs about how fun they were, how everyone was truly being themselves. But the women that were there were didn't were not the kind of women that I felt I was attracted to. Yeah. Um, I found them quite scary and intimidating. I, I, I thought to myself, well, I must not be a lesbian then because here's the lesbians at the lesbian mm. bar. This is what's on offer. And mm. all of them are terrifying. So mm, that mustn't be it. And do you think, were you, and it's probably a combination of things, but were you scared because of the sort of stereotypes that you brought to the table that you already had in your head and your heart that we all have? Mm. Or were you scared because of their behaviour? Or like what was the, what what was frightening? Oh, I think I looked very much like, I think everyone was operating on some assumptions and stereotypes. So I, if I had to guess, I would say they looked at me like here's yet another straight little girl yep. um, on an adventure in, in our space and I looked at them like you, why are you all around the pool table looking like you want to punch me? But there was one one girl once who, came, who I looked at her and I thought, oh, my God, you're stunning, you're beautiful. And she came up to me. And I, this is what I thought she said. I thought she said to me, excuse me, do you like Thai? Right. And I, and I thought, what a weird question. And I said, um, no, I can't have it. I'm allergic to peanuts. And she looked <laughs> at me really weirdly and she walked off. And it took me about an hour to go, oh, Mel, she has said to you, excuse me, are you bi? Yeah. And you, you've told her about your peanut allergy and now she, she's gone. <laughs> you blew it. Um, oh, bless you, poor thing. Yeah. I wonder too, being Mel now in her 40s and more comfortable in <laughs> all of that stuff, like I wonder if you can look back at that and go, well, maybe you were projecting some fears on the women around the pool table too. Like maybe they oh, weren't sure. looking at yeah. you going, what are you doing here? Maybe they'll look at you going, hello. Maybe they were. I didn't know what I was looking for, for really, yeah. but I was like, oh, I don't think it's I don't think it's someone who's mad at me, which I probably projected onto them. But then I 
I went to uh, the Melbourne nightclub, The Peel, um, where I there was another girl there who, whatever her definition of herself was, I didn't really have one at that point either, and maybe she didn't. And we we had a kiss at The Peel, and this mm. blew my mind. Um, a security guard came and asked us to leave because what we were doing was off-putting to the gay men who are the main clientele of the club. Shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. Are you, you serious? Yes. So this yes. is your first kiss with another woman? The first or second-ish, yes. Correct. It was a yep. significant moment for you. You're in a gay nightclub. Yes. And the security guard comes and says, you, you're being too leso. Correct. Oh, Mal, I'm so sorry. I thought it was a joke. I didn't. And I was no, of course. Gay male friends who who we, we all know, and they sort of tried to stick up for me and they were like, we're not bothered by it, she's okay. And the security guard was like, no, this is our policy here. We have to ask her to leave. So, Oh, that's outrageous. I, yeah, I don't, I really would doubt that's the policy in 2023, um, but it was very, and I was like, oh, every, everywhere I go, I'm sort of getting my hand burnt on the stove here. With yeah, this. I'm not welcome. I'm yeah. not welcome. This, maybe yeah. this Lizzo thing isn't really for me because it's all, mm. it's quite difficult to work out, isn't it? Geez, the community's got a lot to learn on both sides, right? How do you then get from there to coming out and first relationship? Um, okay, so it was still quite a while from there to coming out. First of all, what, what happened, um, Nellie, and we, I'll talk about this with you on air and we, we can decide if we put it in or not. Maybe I might need to have a think about it. But sure. you were in, involved in this as mm. well at the time where I, okay, so I didn't want to be gay and I would cry in myself mm. to sleep going, oh, please, please, please don't make me be gay. I wondered if there was a blood test you can go and get to check if you are really gay. Oh, please. Yeah, and this is me mm. at like 26 or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I went, you know what, Mel? You just haven't had enough experience with men. Mm. You need to go and find any old man, anyone will do, doesn't matter, mm. and mm. Um, have a go at that and then we'll be able to do some better calculations. Yeah. So I found uh, a man and what happened was what, I don't know if you remember, I asked you some questions about, yes. which was actually a, a sexual assault. Yes. Um, which I didn't really realise at the time, at the time. but you yeah. were quite quite helpful and supportive and kind to me. And now I'm very very aware of what that was. Mm, mm. Um, um, uh, and it, like, and it's, I'm sort of trying not blame myself here, but it was that was sort of a an upshot of trying to not be gay, basically mm. that incident. Like, obviously, well, didn't sexually assault myself, but no. um, yes. Well, and what that says to me is, well, I mean, multiple things. Absolutely, it wasn't your fault. Um, That goes without saying, but needs to be said. But also, this is a direct consequence of homophobia, of patriarchy, of all the things. You know, we can do a deep dive ideologically, but these are the consequences. And there's so many, when I was doing No Means No show and the sex ed shows, the most vulnerable kids were the queer kids. Because yes. they did not have the opportunity in many cases to sit down with their mum or even a friend or a teacher and go, oh, this stuff's happening and I don't know about it. Like I can't ask a question about it. Is this a red flag? Am I safe doing this? Or mm-hmm. um, is my response emotionally right? They're, they're blind. You're completely vulnerable. Yeah. 
It was, I think, even even worse when the internet wasn't what it is now. Like I'm yeah. sure now kids have way more information, but also there's still that mm. vulnerability and and um, fear there. So when like when a major soccer player comes out mm. as gay and people, the comments are like, who cares? Oh, so many lots people of care. people care. Yeah, so many, very deeply yeah. care. So that's a really that's a very painful coming out story and I think people because we do see Will and Grace and Ellen's on TV and da 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 I think for a lot of people they're like oh it's it's done you know and there's marriage equality mm. and then you mm-hmm. hear a story like yours and you go this is just layers on layers of pain yes and this this isn't in 1984 this is no. like you know in recent in the 2000s mm. um then actually through comedy I met my first proper girlfriend Mm. Um, I went to a share house to pick up another comedian, um, Becky Lucas, to take her to a gig Mm. and I met her housemate Um, and that girl ended up becoming my first ever partner and Mm. et cetera. So from, and then I came out after being with her for a couple of years. When I came out, the most flack that I got was from people already in the queer community Mm. who were not impressed that I'd hidden my sexuality from them for so long. Um, so you or, were judged? Yes. Mm. Um, and I had many reasons. My partner mm. at the time wasn't out to a family and there was mm. religion involved and all sorts of mm. other big moving bits that could not be clearly communicated in a tweet. Mm. But um, It's yeah. a whole other layer and I think that, um, A, I will say on, and I cannot speak, but I will, on behalf of the entire LGBTIQA plus community, I am sorry that that happened no. to you because I think that, and I think it is lateral violence and it happens in all minority groups where there's a lot of trauma and people turn on each other rather than looking the external forces. So rather than kind of going, how hard must have that been for Mel and her partner to have to be in the closet for two years? They Mm -hmm. go, oh, you. Like direct the anger where it should be directed, which is at the homophobes who have put you in that closet. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Let me cut you back to, so you found your forever person. You found your person. Um, Roughly what age were you and were you expecting it and how did you meet? We met on a dating app called Bumble um, and we could not be more opposite. She has doesn't have anxiety. Um, Weirdo. She's organised. I, wow. I don't get it. She just sits there and does what she wants and doesn't worry wow. about what might happen when our son goes to <laughs> primary school and someone makes fun of him. Um, <gasps> oh. um, so she owned a house. I didn't own a house at this point. She owned her own house. At, she, would, she would have been about 32 when we met. Yeah. Um, worked an office job. Uh, she didn't drink alcohol. I drank two bottles of wine a night at this stage. Um, yeah. I was leading the real comedian lifestyle of mm. I'll wake up at 11, I'll go to a cafe with another comedian and mm. uh, talk shit and then I'll go home for my nap and then it's time to start drinking or going to a gig. So mm. she was a proper grown-up lady and then, I, and then she ran some quick figures and she said, do you know if you just saved $800 a month, you could buy your own home in this list of suburbs in, I don't know, it was like nine months' time or something. Wow. I was like, oh, could I? Um, and so to prove her wrong, I did it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Do you reckon, because obviously you were, you know, somewhat, and I say this with love and affection, wayward, 
at that mm-hmm. point. You were mm-hmm. you were a bit lost. Yeah. Like, yeah. do were you looking for an anchor? I think I was looking. I think I'd had so I'd had my big breakup from mm. my first ever girlfriend. Mm. Huge, huge trauma. Like had mm. so much sadness. I got very, very unwell mentally. Obviously, very, very sad. Then. I went on a couple of dates and then I very quickly got into another relationship with another girl mm. who lived hours hours away from where I lived and then that broke up within a couple of months. Then this this great girl came along who just compared mm. compared to what had come before her, I was like, I've never met anyone like this. Um, she was new. She was new to the community, the LGBTQI plus community. Mm. Yeah, so we just started dating and I, she, I think I needed her in my life at the time. She sent me a text once when I was on Melbourne Comedy Festival Roadshow. She waited till I had, I'd um, gone away, I guess, and she sent me this text. It was basically like, you need to shape up. It's not fun for me when you drink. It's mm. not fun for anybody when you've had two bottles of wine. You need you, how you live is not healthy, um, and I I needed someone to care about oh, me. Enough she called it. She yes. called it. Oh, good on her. For yeah. people listening, I think that's really instructive and something to put in your back pocket, right? If you see if you start dating someone and you see behaviours don't like, you've either got to get out or call it. She called it very early, very early. Um, and I thought about it and I was, uh, and she was exactly correct. And I, it was very, I didn't realize how hard it would be to stop drinking. And I didn't mm. think I was an alcoholic, but I, I could not have a night without some alcohol. Um, mm. And then once I stopped drinking, I started eating better and then I added mm. some exercise in and then I mm. blah, 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 changed mm. my life. Blah, blah. You, you've Correct. become a lot healthier. You've become a lot happier. You're always at your core going to be who you are. You are a warrior. Mm-hmm. You know, you're an anxious person, but you're, you're handling it. It's about mm. going, I'm a grown up and I know if I get pissed every night, my anxiety is going to, I'm going to spiral. Oh, so bad. Um. And good on her for calling it because that actually, pardon the pun, but it takes balls. It does take balls. Right? Right. I'm going to move us on to our next segment, which is called Armchair Expert, which Mm -hmm. we are very good at as um, comedians with no expertise on anything. I'm going to give you a couple of quotes from the ether and just see your response. And obviously we're looking at it in terms of relationships, dating, sex, et cetera. Mm -hmm. So Sharon Stone the great Sharon Stone of the cross and uncross leg, among other things, says, and I quote, always carry a book on a date so that when you get bored, you can slip into the ladies for a read. <laughs> How does that sit with you? Uh, I, th- I think if she updated that to always take your, your phone with you into yeah. the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, enjoy dating? I mean, I think she's speaking to the fact that, you know, someone can look so great on paper. And then mm. you can find yourself on the date going, so give me a fork to tunnel out of here. I think sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. But what I would find myself doing as a people pleaser, someone with anxiety and a performer, is I would work that date. Yes. I would doctor field them to yes. get some info and then remember it and then drop it back. Like oh, a Mal. This, I did the same. Mm. I, I made the mistake, I think, I realise now 
of in having dates at my own home. Oh, um, no, Mal. Mal. Because there's nowhere to go. You can't you, leave. You can't leave. You, it, and I obviously am not super assertive, so I obviously found it very hard to be like, please please go to your own home now. That oh, was very mate. challenging. And yeah. they know where you live. And they know where you live. Oh, no. And, yep. No, for anyone listening, don't do Mm-mm. that. Right, don't meet in that. a public place. Make it a mm-hmm. short date, like especially if you're doing online dating. I'll meet you for a drink, right? If it goes well, stay for dinner. If it doesn't, you've got an out. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I didn't – I found dating to be me having to work very hard that maybe other people nearly imagine don't feel they have to impress you all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I was like, well, I need to impress you. And then I would go home exhausted from the – one hour show thing. I just done. Yeah. Yeah. So you bring, and I again I don't say this with judgment, I'm just trying to be clear. I think you would accept this that you brought your insecurities to the table. Right? Of course. You're yes. thinking, I need to win you over. Mm-hmm. I need to like as you say, literally, I'm gonna put on a show. Yeah. And do you think now that you're a bit older and a bit wiser and all those sorts of things, if you were in that situation again, do you think you could do it differently? I think I could do it differently now, but yeah. at the time before I had anxiety meds and an amazing yeah. psychologist, yeah. definitely not. I could not yeah. have done it back then, but now I could, yes. Yeah, and you were drinking then. Oh, yes, very good at it actually, yeah. Right, and Same, a lot of people, let's be yeah. honest, particularly in dating, you're anxious. What's the first thing a lot of people do? couple of drinks, Right? Of course. Yep. And then you're going yep. to get even more anxious and you're going to perform even more. So it's a, it's a vicious sort of cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me put another thing to you. This is from Instagram and it's hashtag thread therapist at ATM with JC. Now she is actually a therapist and mm-hmm. she put an Instagram post that said, basically people come to therapy and we teach them how to deal with people who will probably never go to therapy. Oh, Oh, boy, do I feel that in my soul. Yes. Did that, that one hit. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Me in the guts. That one got me, yeah. Right? I take, I take medication for the yep. other people around me who will not take medication. Yes. Yes. But yeah. sometimes, don't you sometimes you sit back, there was that one that circulated years ago, it's like before you decide if you're depressed, just work out if you're surrounded by assholes. Like that was oh, another one that I hit like me that in one. the guts where you kind of yeah. go, hang on, am I medicating and going to therapy and doing all of these things because I'm in a dysfunctional environment or because I'm actually not well? Yep, bit of both. Look, it bit can be both. a bit of both. Bit of both. It can be, yeah. Bit of both. But what do you, let's say in the dating and relationships context, if you're with someone, if you're in a relationship with someone dysfunctional, no amount of you doing therapy is going to fix that shit. Look, I think I, I've got a lot of dynamics going on, but part of, part of me is like, well, we're going to fix you up. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also underneath that is, I think, a, and I'm not a psychologist, but there's a uh, maybe a dynamic in this area that comes from my upbringing. Oh, you're not willing to change for me. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Mm. Like, oh, that's interesting. I keep getting that Coming pattern. back to that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think for me, I don't know about your view from this age. I mean, I'm older than you, but we're in that similar decade. Now I think you've got to take people how they are today, right? The idea that mm-hmm. you will somehow fix them, change them, they will fix you, change you. There's this future time when you'll be right for each other. I just now go, look, people can change and they do. You've changed, right? Yeah. But you yeah. cannot bank on that. The, this is like a, a tiny example of that, but um, my partner puts the toilet paper what I believe is the incorrect way around. <laughs> So, so it's not he, just men who are irritating with that correct. stuff. Yes. So every time I flip the yeah. roll and I and, and my brain goes, don't worry, she'll learn this time. She'll see it. She'll realise how easy it is nah. to use. And no. no. And she's never, mm. never ever going to just accept my way of doing it. She's mm. like, so I'm, gonna, I'm either going to be in this toilet paper battle for the rest yeah. of my life or if I couldn't cope with the way the toilet paper was, I should have exited many years ago. But Or um, here's mm. a third way. You say yep. to yourself, I can't cope with the toilet paper like that, but I'm not going to rage. I'm just going to change it every time. I'm just going to change it every time, multiple times a day. (laughs) But you can do that. You can actually do that. If you reframe it and go, she's not trying to get me. She's not trying to hurt me. She's not trying to tell me my way is bad. She's just doing it differently. Well, I'll just do it differently too. Yeah. Just she's completely wrong. Um, Yeah. And that's, there's, there's two yeah. sides to this story and mm-hmm. hers happens to be wrong. Yeah, exactly. Now you, I'm glad you get it. Some people don't get it. No, mate, um, I get it. I get yeah. it. Right. Are you ready for a couple of listener calls? Oh, please. Hi, Nelly. For the purposes of privacy, I shall be known as Secret Squirrel Sue. Gee, that's hard to say. So after 19 years of marriage, I'm eight months separated and I'm on the apps. My question is, is there hookup etiquette? If I'm chatting to some guy, I like him, I meet him and I think he's a bit rah-rah, what happens next? How do I signal him? Do I make him breakfast the next day? Like, does he stay at my place? Do we get a hotel? How do we do this? Um... Yeah, if you could let me know, that'd be great. And look, congratulations on your podcast. You're amazing. Oh, Mal Buddle. Right. First thing we're not going to do is take your advice and have a date at your house. Oh, definitely not. Right? Secret Squirrel is not going to take someone back to her house on a first date. Correct. All right. What's Um, the hookup etiquette, do you reckon? She's out of practice. What are your top tips? I think you need to be really clear from the beginning what what is this, what's it about, and don't be like, are you my boyfriend now? Yes. But, you know, be like, get, because I, I was on the apps and I was chatting to both men and women at, at some points and a young man matched with me and he was a lot younger than I. I thought, that's interesting. And he was he was very clear. He was like, I've always wanted to be with an older woman. Are you keen? I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. what this is. Yeah. Right, so I'm not going to waste your time telling you about my interests and yep. what books I like to read. You want to root someone who's 15 yep. years older than you. Thank you yep. for your, I don't want to root you. 
Mm. And, and I can say yes or no. Yes, correct. I am totally in agreement with you. Direct approach. Do not yeah. like bullshit. No pun intended. Don't beat around the bush. Mm-hmm. Get to the point. This is what I'm after. You also need to know for sure what you are after, though. Uh huh. Yes. Um, because you will get hurt otherwise if yes. you agree that it's just going to be a hookup, but you mm. secretly think they're going to be your next long term partner, yeah. and then you will be crushed and start mm. a whole yucko cycle. So I think be super clear, even um, you know maybe even before you meet up in public, if mm. that's what you're comfortable with. Um, if it's men, I'm sure. I'm sure a man is is happy to tell you that that's exactly what they're after. Um, and the I will say, around- actually, just on that point, though, I hmm. do reckon it could that is more likely to be true. But I think for men who are in their forties and fifties and sixties, I'm not sure exactly what age Secret Squirrel is, hmm. but they have probably been raised to be less direct because it would be disrespectful. Ah. Yeah, so they Mm. may not actually say what I'm after is sex. They might, but I think you might need to, Secret Squirrel might need to actually instigate that conversation. Like, let's just be honest about what you want and what I want. Look, if you don't want to be super direct, I often found if someone said to me, yeah, I'm moving to America next week, guess what? They don't want to cancel their trip. Um, to be my next long-term girlfriend. Yeah, they yeah. want a quick fling before mm. they move to America next week. So mm. maybe take some context clues, yeah. um, you know, clues like, oh, I'm just in Sydney for work this weekend, etc. cetera. Yeah. Um, and on that and- note, if you hear something like that, let's say that's a good one, I'm just in town for the weekend or yeah. I'm going to be moving for work soon or whatever, she's been out of the game a long time. Right, it's you can overthink things, you can underthink things. If mm-hmm. in doubt, ask a friend. Mm-hmm. Say he's put on his profile, "I'm only in town for the weekend." Do you think that means? And they will go, "He wants a rate." Correct. Right? You yes. either want the rate or you don't want the rate. Mm-hmm. But yep. that's what, yeah. And you don't have to work it all out on your own. Please, yeah. The amount of people's Tinder profiles I've flipped through yeah. and decoded things yes. for for people. Um, yeah, 100%. Ask your friends. Ask a young person yes. if, who's yes. very internet savvy if you're maybe new to that. Um, and I think, oh, gosh, always keep yourself as safe as you can with going back to people's houses. I don't know, Nelly. I'm not sure on that one. I suppose mm. there's an element of trust at some point, but mm. I also think you're not that much safer perhaps in a hotel mm. Maybe. I mean, there's a few things in terms of starting it up. One of the things I love is this um, there's psychiatrist friend of mine who works on Triple R Radio and ABC, whatever, Dr. Steve Allen, his name is. And he, when he was doing online dating, he had a six message rule, give mm-hmm. or take, where because you can over talk it, mm-hmm. right? And you can spend a lot of time messaging back and forth and blah, blah, blah. It's like six messages. If we're still interested in each other, we call it, we meet for a coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're particularly safety conscious, I would say let a friend know. I'm going to this cafe at this time. Mm-hmm. I will call you in one hour and tell you how the date went. Yeah, right? this is a um, this is who I'm going with, etc. Definitely meet um, more than once in a public place. I would say, 
If you have been back to someone's house or they've come to your house and something um, awful has happened, I am by no means saying that was your fault. It's never your fault. But if we're thinking in terms of trying to mitigate risk, there's always Mm. risk, but trying to mitigate risk, you're safer in a public place than you are anywhere else. Yeah. And I would certainly be conscious of someone having my address. Very much. I also think you don't want to be whoever you are in the relationship. I think I would find it freaky if I'd met up once for a coffee, then we're going on our nighttime dinner date mm. and the other person goes, I've booked a hotel in the city. Yes. I'm like, <laughs> have you now? Mind you, that happened to me once. That did actually happen to me really? once. And I reckon the, the woman I went on the date with, I think she was trying to like sort of suss me out. Mm. Like it's mm-hmm. like she was almost deliberately trying to freak me out to see oh. if how I would respond. It was a test. It was absolutely a test, which, you know, I hate all that shit, all those games as well. But I think sometimes people are doing that as a kind of provocation. You know, wow. to kind of go, oh, how are you going to respond to this? Because the truth is some people are dating for the head fuck. Mean. That sounds very mean. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't but like I reckon it at all. The other thing is if you've been out of the game for a long time and you're not sure um, of your own intuition and judgment or the rules and it all feels very overwhelming, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying, like let's say you go on a few dates with a bloke, you have coffee, you have dinner, whatever, and you say, I would like you to meet a couple of my friends or come to an event or some kind of situation Mm -hmm. where there's other people I know, he then knows that other people know who he is. Mm -hmm. You can see how he interacts with your friends or people that you know. I reckon that's a reasonable step. I think that's a good one. I have forgotten that step, but it's connected to my job. I'm very lucky. I can kind of say, come to my gig or yes. I'm going to watch my friend's gig. And then uh, obviously everyone who's on the lineup knows who I am and yeah. I can see how you interact. Yeah, take someone somewhere where you know someone in a band is playing, where there's going to be yeah. eyes on them. They, mm. You can get a – I love to listen to how they speak to wait waiters. Or, oh, same. That's a really yeah. big test. Yeah. How do you and, order a coffee, etc. Yeah. yeah. If if a guy in that situation, when you're dating a stranger, if they don't understand or and or get defensive about safety concerns, fuck them off. Oh, of course they're gone. Right. That's it. it doesn't mean that they are anything, but if they're so insensitive that they don't understand the risks that that women face when they date, then that's not someone you want to date. No. Yes, Good I'm. luck, secret squirrel, and let us know how you go. Hi, Nelly and co-hosts. My name is Kat and I've been single for 15 months. I'm 50. I was in a long-term relationship from the age of 18 to 49. Started on the dating apps five months ago with pretty mixed results. Um, mostly it hasn't been great. And I've just reached that place where I'm wondering, am I actually going to meet someone and, you know, how? How do I make that happen? friends have all been saying just focus on yourself and fill your cup up with self-love and do the things that you love and enjoy being on your own which is great advice Um, but I'm just wondering my question is how do I do that how do I get to that place where I'm completely comfortable and happy being single and I'm not looking outside myself to meet someone Um, 
yeah, any tips or advice would be welcome. Thanks. Oh, Melinda Buttle, mm, what do you think mm. of that? Oh, boy. It, when you are single and you're in that situation and people say things to you like, it'll happen. It'll yeah. happen when you, when least, you least expect, expect it. it. It is nothing but infuriating. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, the idea that you have to be doing yoga and marathon swimming mm. and making your own homemade smoked meat to mm. meet someone, mm. you know, it's maybe not. Um, I would say maybe be more direct in what you're writing on the app perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not working, maybe there's a mismatch between what you're putting out. Maybe you're not putting out what you're truly looking for or your filter, mm. your range needs to be bigger or smaller mm. or um, I'm not sure. I'd love to have a look, Kat, at what you've got on the apps there. Mm. Um I don't know if this exists in other states, but I have some friends, older friends who do this. I'm not older. Actually, no, a girl my age does this. It's a, it's a meet-up group. It sounds sickening, but mm. it's a meet-up group where they all say, hey, we're all going to this bar. We'll be where the blue balloons are. Just come and hang out. And it's very it's – it's not like a, a singles meet-up mm meat market it's um they and then you're in the as i understand i think you're on the you're on the online forum with these people and you already maybe have had a bit of a chat and seen their pictures and you can see who's going and it's a it's a bit of a structured group date without being cringe oh i bloody love Um, it that's i haven't heard of that so i did speed dating which i actually really enjoyed not fruitful but i really enjoyed it and i think as a concept i actually think ironically it's more time efficient because mm. you can spend a lot of time on the apps where you think you've got great chemistry with someone you meet up and there's nothing there. When you do speed dating, you sort of can assess that within the five minutes, you know, if there's a connection or not. Yeah. Yeah. We're just dog sniffing each other's bums. Kind and of. You, until you get a sniff on someone, you don't know, no matter how you good don't know. it is on the app. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but my neighbour does it and yeah. she, she loves British men and she goes, yeah, I'm in the British group. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, we all we're all going to watch the something something local folk band play, and I'm going to go over where the balloons are, and that's where everyone from the group is." But I'm that's like, perfect, especially in our age range, because a lot of your friends will be married and not going to those sorts of things. They'll be coupled up. They'll be whatever. That's something you can go to alone, really comfortably. What we'll do once we finish this recording, you'll ask your neighbour. I'll get some information. I'll put it in the show notes. Because I love that idea. The other option we've talked about before in other podcasts is join, I don't know, if you're into hiking, join a hiking group. If you're into bloody bowls, join that. Go to join a movie aficionado thing. Like it doesn't have to be set up for dating. The more people you meet, it's a numbers game. And if you let people know you're looking, then that you've got a chance to, that they go, oh, I've actually got a nice friend who's recently divorced. Mm -hmm. Someone will be thinking of you because I'm yeah I'm always thinking of my single friends of like oh is there a half decent comedian who doesn't have too many issues I could pair up with my friend um etc so let people know you're looking for sure don't be and you need and it's hard to manufacture but something does happen when you truly don't give a shit and you've gone out with your girlfriends or whatever you love to do and you are having the night of your life that is when someone will stand next to you at the bar and mm. you will realize and you'll say a funny quote to them from mm. the show and you'll be like, I can't believe you also saw mm. off it goes. But 
trying to manufacture those amazing nights are not easy. But no. if you're at obviously if you're at home watching telly, that you've cut the chances of that yes. happening down to zero. Yeah, so you do have he's to, not going to knock yeah. on your door. That's no. the truth. Like you actually do have to be proactive. I think the other really interesting part of her call is I really want to challenge the idea, even though we're sold this idea, that it's an either or situation. I'm 100% in agreement that you've got to be in the right headspace to date. If you yes. go into dating feeling scared, insecure, negative, your profile will reflect reflect that. Your energy on the date will reflect that. Wait until you're in a good space. Wait until you're ready. Having said that, there is no end point of human development where it's all done, right? Yeah. You're not going to get to the point where you're perfect. I've got full self-esteem. I never worry about mm-hmm. how I look. I know I say the right thing. I know I'm got. You're not going to get there either. Yes, you don't have to because, yeah, we don't have to hang around until we're perfect. No. We can embrace our flaws and know our triggers and whatever. Yeah. Um, but, I, yeah, I think mate, I don't know what apps you're on. Mm. I try really different ones. Try different ones and, and ask people what they think of that app because I mm. didn't realise Tinder was, some people like Tinder's for hookups, yep. Bumble's relationships. Hinge yep. is, I think people saying Hinge is uh, better because it's more long, there's more space. Yep. You, a lot of people find relationships out of out of Hinge. I'm like, I don't know, I wouldn't have yep. a clue. I don't yep. know which one's which. And actually people, show, like particularly if you know someone who's doing online dating, particularly if you know some men who are doing online dating that you respect, show them your profile. What pictures have you got up? What words have you used? Because you might say something, for example, like, um, oh, I'm not looking for a player. To me, that's far too negative. Instead, you reframe that and go, I'm looking for someone um, honest. I'm looking for monogamy. Like always phrase it in the positive. Mm -hmm. Because if I say I'm not looking for a player, I think, oh, fuck, this is going to be drama. I, yeah, and anyone who has all caps, like, no drama, no yeah. time waste. <laughs> no drama! Yeah, that's right, I'm, I'm like, out, I'm out. Yeah, I'm like, well, you, yeah. you sound like drama, to be honest. Yeah, um, totally. You're leading yeah. with that. My favourite, though, Mel, and you'll understand this on a women dating women app, my favourite, which I absolutely pay, all caps, no pen pals! Fair. Oh, yeah. yeah, fair, fair. very fair. Yep. Women will talk romance to death. Mm-hmm. No, no, let's have 200 messages exchanged and adopt a rescue dog, then we'll meet up. Yeah. yeah. Let's buy a caravan in Dalesford. Look, Kat, I can give it a go, but I reckon Mel's absolutely right. Put the feelers out into some groups. Get yourself into some group situations. You don't have to wait until you're in this perfect state of self-esteem. Just wait until you're in a good place, not a perfect place. I'm going to say this. Nelly as well, um, and maybe Kat has already had this realisation, I had to stop looking for someone who was absolutely 100% perfect. Mm. I And obviously my own problems, I would think someone was great and then they would, I don't know, they'd say they something as stupid as they go for the New South Wales and the state of origin. And I'd be like, yeah. well, I couldn't possibly live with yes. that. So yeah. I would rule out a lot of people who now I think, Oh, you that was absolutely insane behavior on your mm. behalf. For whatever reason I was doing that. And I, I was like, why hang on. I... You know why yeah. you were doing that. Yes. That yes. self-sabotage. Like of you're course. scared. Yes. So right? lots of great people had to go because I would overthink things yeah. and I'd go, All right, well, if you're gonna be a nurse and you're gonna be working night shift and yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> that will not fit with my comedian lifestyle. Exactly. I yeah. Must, yeah, like, yeah. I would just take whatever it is and overthink it and swirl it around yeah. and turn it into a reason that person had to go. But I was like, why don't you just look for someone who is 70% great Yeah. and let's see if I can live with the other 30% about their choice in a pineapple on pizza yeah. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever it is. I reckon yeah. ma- sit down before you start dating, not when you've got anyone in mind, before make a list of, say, five deal breakers, mm-hmm. right? Have just a little post-it note on your computer. So give yourself permission. These are actual deal breakers for me. And anything outside of that, you suck it up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. If they go for the West Coast Eagles and you're not into AFL, who fucking cares? Yeah. doesn't matter. Because when you're in a relationship five years in, you would pay them $200 to go out for the night and <laughs> watch the West Coast Eagles Correct. so you can watch your shows without Correct. anyone asking who's that, is he bad, Why? Yeah. what she looks like, is that her sister? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So have your little list of deal yeah. breakers and stick to those because mm-hmm. otherwise you can overthink it and you can ruin it to protect yourself without even knowing yeah. you're doing that. Now we're going to finish up with um, two quick segments that we do for every podcast. The first one is called No Shade on My Ex, but, you know, I'm not racist, but go Mm -hmm. full shade. It could be serious shade or it could just be, oh, my God, the toilet roll thing, right? What's the Mm -hmm. stupidest Mm -hmm. thing an ex has ever done to you? Um, Oh, geez, Louise. Um, I think it's more what is the poorest behaviour I've allowed to be tolerated? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Um. I would just put too much into relationships too soon mm. and I came back from India and I had booked an Airbnb in Brisbane where this girl and I could stay because she lived in a different state and I'd paid for that. I'd got off an inter- two international flights to get there and she didn't pick me up from the airport, Aww. She even though the Airbnb yeah. was 15 minutes around the corner she just couldn't quite wake up in time and And I'm like oh okay but that I now realize that's me Mm. going oh good don't don't worry about that because I thought I deserve that kind of behavior that's your people pleasing stuff do you know someone said to me it was would have been a decade ago I reckon and I've applied this friendships family relationships kids whatever all kinds of relationships match their effort Mm, If mm -hmm. you've grown up being Mm. a people pleaser, actually have a look at your relationships. Are you doing all the work? Is there, I mean, it varies over time, Mm, but mm. are they putting in the same amount of effort roughly that you are? Yeah. If they're not, red flag. I used to think it was because I earned more money but it's, no. I realise now it's not about money, it's effort. Yeah. It's, it doesn't cost anything to wake up 20 minutes early and pick nope. up from the airport, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it's the so least she could do, for fuck's the sake. The least she could bloody do. I'm exhausted. Um, yeah. Yeah, so other exes I've had, um, you know, I'd buy them a motorbike because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted one. What's wrong with flowers? Exactly. Or just, yeah. um, just, and I would, I knew this person was l- probably wanting to get out of this relationship. But in my mind, I thought, well, if I get her this motorbike, she won't be going anywhere. Yeah. So the little um, insecure, the little baby Mel that's sort of wanting acceptance and love is going, I've got to buy it. I've got to win it. I've got to yeah. drag mm-hmm. it out of you. 
And yep. now on the other side of 40, Mel's going, I know that that doesn't work. It doesn't work. Um, and I wish I had all my money back. Um, yeah. But well, you, you live know. and learn. You live and learn. We move on. And now, shade on me, I've noticed, and I need to get out of this lazy pattern, that I've let my current partner be my mum a little bit because she's uh, the mum to the baby. Yes. So she's now my mum. Yeah. Um, and her thing is she's organised and she likes cleaning and mm. she, uh, she can plan things ahead of time, whereas I don't have any of those skills. So mm. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just leave my washing on the floor of the baby's room because when she picks up the baby's mm. washing, like I'm I'm 40. Yeah. The least nah. I could do would be nah. to walk my washing to the laundry. Like I yeah. – and it's not – it's not on her no. to clean the entire house and, and look after the baby and do the washing. Even cooking, like I cook to relax, she cleans to relax. But also no. I can see when it's not relaxing for her mm. and I'm just sitting there watching Netflix, I'm like, oh, no. I'm just a lazy little shit who has gotten to a bad little pattern of not putting my things in the dishwasher. Well, and can I tell you as someone who, who was that mum for a long time, it's not hot. You don't want that dynamic in your relationship. No. But look, you've clocked it. Now that you've clocked it, you need to do the work and change that. We do. Can't yeah. change what we don't acknowledge, Nelly. Yeah. So, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Name it to tame it. No, oh, I like name it to tame it. And very also, last yeah. one. Our, you know, the since you're on TikTok, you've probably seen this. There's the um, recent sensation of, you know, she's a ten, but like, what's something completely superficial that you would reject a date based on? I think this is a particular to our community. Um, fake nails. Mummy's <laughs> um, <laughs> talking about messy oh, and no, that's all, you've weighed in. Oh, fake nail. All right. Um, so, what is it about fake nails? Well, I think we know what it is. Other than logistics. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I I, I just, I don't know. To me, just if you can't. The talons. The talons. You can't use a keyboard properly. Like like everything is online. Every phone you use, you need to have a flat finger to press it. And you just. If you can't use a keyboard with those nails, you're not going anywhere near my vagina is what you're basically thank, saying. Thank you for filling in the, the dots for me there, Nelly. Um, I just went on a lot of dates <laughs> with girls who were exploring right. their sensuality. Yes. Their, they all need to be pulled off. You need to sort that shit out. Yeah. You know what? Maybe you could have one hand as yourself for a treat. But um. No, you've not thought this through, love, have you? Oh, God, that's funny. Mel Buttle, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and for being so delightfully, as you always are, but I'm always impressed about how open and vulnerable you are. You tell the truth even if it makes you look like shit or shows your vulnerabilities, and that's actually what connects us as humans. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nelly Thomas. Thank you for inviting me. Bless you, gorgeous. Oh, baby, go back. You can have your mummy back. He's oh, a beautiful. beautiful boy. Oh, I want to smell his head. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes, yeah. I do. Yes, You're I beautiful. do. Dear Nelly, I could use some advice, dear Nelly. Yes, yeah, some help would be nice, dear Nelly. I'm eager to hear your point of view. Dear Nelly, there's a lot to explore, dear Nelly. When you're 40 or more, dear Nelly So I'm hoping we can talk it through Dear Nelly, I'm rocking my prime And it's time to get down 
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Hey, thanks so much for listening to Dear Nelly. Now, don't be shy. I would love to hear your questions and comments. To send me a recording or an email, go to nellythomas.com and follow the links. It's super easy and you might hear me talk about your question in a future episode. Huge thanks to producer Sam Peterson from the Producer Boy Creative Production team and to producer Faye Younger, who in addition to being an excellent human, is also a brilliant real estate buyer's advocate and can be found at youngerhill.com. Thanks to Acast and all the team. And lastly, to you. Without the listeners, I'm just a middle-aged mole talking shit to no one. Please rate, review and consider subscribing for five bucks a month for a bonus episode and to help me keep the lights on. And tell your bloody mates, would you? I'd really appreciate it. Love yous.